through correspondence in 21 years. He's just uh, he has a bench himself, and he's just a good guy. And I'm glad we've become friends in person. Um, it's good to see some people I I knew previously. Perry, I've known for a long time through the late great Arthur Richmond. I just found an old tape of what was it, his 80th birthday party? I think I missed it. Ralph that. was there. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Yeah, <coughs> the yeah he sang, um, what, he sang a couple of songs. He's a great, he used to, he used to be a great uh, And Andrew, I've known for probably about five years yeah. through Bobby Valentine. Um, and, and I've seen Branca's page. Andrew actually mailed me a copy. It is fantastic and very much worth seeing. And I think Gary mailed me a copy of Mo's video from from way back, and I love that as well. Um, I don't have any prepared speech. So I'm happy unless there's something specifically you want me to address. I'm, nope. I'm happy to just uh, take questions. Who wants to lead off with uh, the questions? Well, I think most of us saw your Hall of Fame ballot. And uh, maybe that's a good place to begin. Uh, I thought your choices and Mike Vitaro's choices were the same except for one. As, as I recall, you had Larry Walker, he did not. And uh, he had somebody that you did not. I can't remember what it was. I had it written down. Jack Morrison, I uh, You both had Clemens and Bonds, which was interesting. And you both had the three people who eventually were on. Choices. You know, Maddox, Gladden, and uh, Frank Thomas. Uh, would you like to speak to your choices? Sure. I should also probably welcome my family, too, for coming. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks to my parents for coming in from New Jersey and picking up my son, Jonathan, from Hebrew school and, and shuttling him downtown. So, uh, <laughs> thank you. And sorry. Um, uh, as my Hall of Fame ballot, uh, I've been voting for the Hall of Fame. This was my eighth ballot. Uh, and I've really I've dramatically changed my approach to voting. Uh, when I first voted, it really was on personal memory, what I recall from them in their own playing careers. I looked at statistics a little bit, but it was really more, you know, Jack Morris was a yes for me uh, because I remember watching him pitch. But the more I read about baseball and the more I learned, the more I just I, – changed my thinking. I really, I think my model to voting on the Hall of Fame is, is definitely statistical based. I just feel like, you know, the human memory is fallible. I, I'm not comfortable on the idea of going off 20-year-old, 15-year-old memories. I'd much rather use the statistics, which are objective, which are the entire photo album, if you will, as opposed to those snapshots, and, and use that as my basis. Uh, regarding Bonds and Clemens, we all know the suspicions surrounding them. My feeling is I, I was around baseball during the story there. I covered it, and, you know, we whispered about it among reporters. Uh, I certainly, even now, just, I, I couldn't have written, I think, Barry Bonds using stories. Just, I would get sued. <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to back it up because I didn't have the specific evidence. Uh, so uh, with that in mind, and given that the culture of that time, uh, there was no drug testing. Essentially, this is what the players wanted. The players had a very strong union, and their union said, no, we don't want to get tested for drugs. I think they regarded it more as a privacy issue as opposed to we want our guys to use these drugs. But the bottom line is the culture of that time allowed these players to do these things, and I'm not comfortable with punishing them now when they didn't get punished then. On my mind, you can draw a line uh, when they started testing for drugs, uh, which was uh, 2004, and then 2005 uh, was when Rafael Palmero got, he became the first big name player to fail a drug test uh, and get suspended. Well, then to me, the terms changed, and it was all right, guys, now we're keeping score. Now, if you use this stuff and you get caught, uh, we're going to suspend you. So that's why I draw a line between Clemens, Bond, Sosa, McGuire. And guys like Rafael Palmero and Manor Ramirez. That's the line I draw. That's why I voted for Bonds, Clemens, uh, and, and not for uh, Palmero. Uh, so those are probably the two most important bases I use for my voting. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Mike and I just differed on the one guy. Larry Walker, I just, I think Larry Walker had a fantastic career, even when you factor in the fact that he played for, at a, a very hitter-friendly ballpark, Coors Field, there are statistics that neutralize that effect. It's called OPS Plus, 
and I like using those statistics, and it, it factors in what a friendly home park he had, but still gives you a, a number that shows how dominant he was as a hitter. Andrew? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I realize that the selection process is a little different, but do you think there's a double standard if um, the players of that era are going to be blackballed, so the Wire Sosa, et cetera, but the managers like Tony Russo, Joe Torre, and Bobby Cox, who benefited from their those athletes' uh, talents, are accepted all the Yeah, I think it's absolutely double standard, uh, and that's why I'm not comfortable voting against these guys. Uh, again, just if a manager gets suspended for some indiscretion, then I would consider that, although technically I don't vote for the managers, they're part of the Veterans Committee, which is a group of, of uh, former players, Hall of Famers, executives, and some writers, but I'm not, I'm not Gary's age, so I'm not old enough yet to vote. <laughs> I'm not old enough to, uh, to vote for that. I'm uh, not experienced enough, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I think it's absolutely, that's one of the reasons I'm not comfortable uh, Punishing these players when they were not punished in their own times. What about Pete Rose? Yeah, I mean, my I've never voted for Pete Rose. He, no writer ever has because they removed him from the ballot right before. Should he be on the ballot? I guess he should be on the ballot. You know, now it's too late because it's been 15 years since he retired. I I thought it was a, a wrong decision by the Hall of Fame to keep him off the ballot. I personally would not have voted for him because again, I'm I'm just very into uh, rules on the books. What are the rules on the books? And when Pete Rose played. Everyone and managed. Everyone knew if you gamble on baseball, we are going to throw you out of the game. It's the worst thing you can do. Whatever you think of these steroids guys, they're trying to help their team win. When Pete Rose was betting on his own team, uh, his his intentions are, are vague. You know, especially when he w- was only betting on certain days. Uh, so to me, that's that's a felony. Whereas steroids are a misdemeanor. You think that the, the steroid users were doing it for the benefit of their team, well, or for their own benefit? Same. What's the difference? Well, I don't, I, personally, I don't think they they took steroids because their team was going to be was going to benefit. I think it was their own personal right, record, what, their own personal ego. Right, but the, isn't there a direct correlation between helping the player and helping the team? Yeah. Fine. How is the ballot set up? Uh, you, it's restricted before. You can vote. There's a list of names on the ballot. Uh, who sets that up, and can you go beyond that with a writer? Uh, the, there is a committee within the Baseball Writers Association of America uh, that sets up that ballot, that selects the players to, that make the ballot. And then the ballot, that ballot is mailed to the entire voting population. So uh, who sets up for the list? Who makes there's a committee. A committee within. Committee? I'm sorry? Who's on that committee? Uh, I know one person, Jack O'Connell. I, I don't know who's on. I just. I can find out. I just don't know. But is that fair? Is that a fair vote when the writers are restricted to a certain number of uh, persons on it and you can't go beyond that? Well, we're discussing that issue right now. We, we just formed a committee to explore whether we should expand the ballot beyond 10 names. Because of what happened this year, I know for me and for many other voters, I would have gone beyond 10. I had about 15 guys I would have voted for. Would you but, have included Tim Ray? Yes, absolutely. Well, why not do without it? Let you choose your own without any restrictions. That would be better. That's what we're discussing right now. Um, so, I know, you know, you are voting for the steroid guys and whatnot, so you can only, you know, talk about what others are, are thinking. So, and in no way am I implicating Frank Thomas by saying this, but why, where's the double standard for, between Mike Piazza and Frank Thomas as, for example, because I remember starting after nobody got in last year and watching the MLB Network shows, everybody said, well, Frank Thomas is an automatic Hall of Famer. Like, they, they instantly said it when they listed who was up for this year. So, but, but, I mean, he was as big of a guy as anybody who played during that era. And so I don't understand how, just because of this one claim of backing, what, that seems to be what it is with Mike Piazza, that they, they automatically jump to this idea that he might have done it, whereas Frank Thomas definitely didn't do it. And in no way am I saying that Frank Thomas might have done steroids, but I just don't understand the, the, the hypocrisy of it. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I think it's incredibly hypocritical, which is why I'm very comfortable with my methodology of only punishing those who MLB punished. Uh, I think the general thing with Frank Thomas is that he was a football player, always a big guy, you know, he's a big boy when he's a rookie. 
Uh, whereas Piazza, if you look at some early photos, maybe not as big, and he, he grew. But I, to me, that's not enough evidence to implicate. Right. I did, he did have back knee. I said. No, <laughs> sure, but that doesn't mean this, there was a syringe involved. Right. Ken, who most surprised you by not getting in this year? Biggio. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm actually very much to blame for that because he, he fell two votes short, and I did not vote for him after voting for him last year. Uh, I just decided, I thought last year he was one of my top ten. This year, when you when you had the new guys, Glavin, Maddox, Thomas, Messina, I thought Biggio was not top ten. So, uh, that yeah, and if I and one more person had voted for him, he would have gotten in. Um, you mentioned that you're, you use a lot of statistical analysis. Do you see that being, because uh, I think 500 home runs, 3,000 hits, and well, 300 wins we'll probably never see again. But... Though you know those now aren't the benchmarks anymore, is it going to be more of sabermetric based? Is that going to be the type of criteria now that's going to get guys in, or do you still think that the traditional three thousand hits, three hundred career batting, you know, things like that, will that still be? I think. Well, I think there are two components to it. I think first of all, with the steroid stuff, the you know, luck we're seeing now, Barry Bonds, seven hundred sixty-two home runs, Ryder Clemens, three hundred fifty-two wins. I think uh, not getting in. For different reasons, uh, and Sammy Sosa at six oh nine. But you're also, I think, as the voting body changes, and I do think the younger writers in general are being more open to these statistics. I just think, yeah, I think those natural uh, parameters are changing. I just don't think those round numbers of counting stats is not going to be enough, uh, and, and I think people are going to probe more. So, they, so you, do you think you'll see that maybe the hit totals will have to go up, home run totals will have to go up? Or would I don't think they'll have to go up. I just don't think they're going to be the, the meter anymore. I think it's going to be more of these uh, sabermetric statistics. Well, going with that, um, it, it, you know, there's never really been a proper way to measure defense. Right. And so nobody seems to factor that into, I mean, they do, you know, would say, oh, I remember he had a great glove or whatever, but there's no numbers you can strictly look at. Uh, like for for oil can Boyd or whatever, just some random player from back in the day, and say this is this is why this person's a Hall of Famer because of his defense, and which is probably one of the reasons why Keith Hernandez isn't in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think I think evaluating defense in general remains a, a dilemma, uh, not only for media but for the teams themselves. You know, they're, they're, we're all trying, uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I, there are some counts out there. Baseball Reference has. Uh, uh, defensive measures that they utilize, but they're all uh, very flawed, more flawed than offensive measures. I think everyone agrees with that. Thanks, Jay. Uh, Ken, in the answer to what you just said, I wrote a book, some of you already know about it, it's the history of the induction ceremony. I spent six years with it. From 1936 to 2010. There are a lot of players that people aren't aware of that are in the Hall of Fame because of their defense. The one that a lot of people get upset about that he, I think, deserved to be in, there was no statistics like there is now, is Bill Mazeroski. And you had people to this day, 2001, oh, why did he get in? He was so good. I mean, just one anecdote. He was so good at defense that when the All-Star game would be played, other players would go just to watch him practice defense, right? So that, and there are a lot of other people that you would never heard of that are in the Hall of Fame. Robert Marinville uh, got in with the baseball writers. He was uh, a very good defensive shortstop, okay? So a lot of other people, and I, I hear Mike Francesa say, uh, well, I wouldn't vote for this guy. But, and people say, well, that's a certain standard. That standard is not accurate if you want to go back how players got in. A lot of plays, most of the controversy happened because of uh, the veterans committee. But my question, I don't want to go on and on, but my question for you is, I mentioned in the book, uh, there was a committee, for they were going to form it, uh, I mentioned in the afterward, uh, to set guidelines for steroids. I don't know if you know about that. Uh, there was as a writer in Chicago. I, yeah, I, I can tell you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and... The committee by the baseball writers was voted down. Yeah. Yeah. I've never really gotten an explanation why it was voted down. Yeah, that was the uh, 2009 All-Star game, the baseball. Yeah, I think it was just before McGuire was going on the ballot or something like that. Right after. Uh, he was already on for a few okay. years. Uh, 2000, we, the Baseball Writers Association 
uh, America meets three times a year when we're all in the same place. The, uh, the Winter Meetings, the World Series, and the All-Star Game. So this was at the All-Star Game of 2009. It was Rick Tellinger, uh, Chicago sports writer. He used to write for Sports Illustrated. And he proposed that we form a committee to discuss, uh, you know, discuss how to deal with steroids regarding Hall of Fame voting. And I spoke out against it. I just, I, I basically said, let's all grow up. You know, let's just, what, what do we need, we need guidelines for? It's just no different than a difference of opinion about whether a DH should be in the Hall of Fame, uh, whether a closer with saves, how much do you count for that? Statistical analysis. And so why are we putting steroids in a special basket? Just, just, you know, man up or lady up and make a decision. Well, I thought your answer before was very good. You said that uh, there was no, it was, it was not against right. baseball rules. So that's right. why, why should I not vote for them? But if you notice, their votes went down now. Yeah. Everybody with steroids, everyone went down from uh, Clemens all the way down to right. uh, the guy who went off the ballot. Yeah, Palmer. Right. So um, I think your thinking was excellent. And, but if there was some sort of guidelines, wouldn't it make it easier? Because right now it looks like they're not going to get in. It's not supposed to be easy. Well, no, no. I mean, it's, uh, if you think you're right, yeah. that's what I'm saying. If you think you're right, you know, maybe uh, you're going to have to convince a lot of other people. I mean, I'm just, I'm not, you know, oh, I, mean, I got a kid to raise. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to knock on doors. You know, no, 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 no. I'm just home. saying you have to get meetings three times a year. You know, yeah. You know, well, they do it in other Hall of Fames. Uh, football, they have lobbyists. And right. They lobby yeah, thankfully we don't do that. So. Yeah. No. From the business point of view, has baseball overexpanded? You know, despite the success <coughs> of the Oakland A's and the Tampa Rays, uh, financially they seem to be in trouble particularly the Rays, perhaps. Um, what can Major League Baseball do with regards to that? What should they do? Well, yeah, that's a really good question. And the A's obviously ties right into the San Francisco Giants. And it's a, a very unfortunate situation. Uh, the, the, I, I don't, you know, you guys know the history. With the, uh, San Jose, which for those of you who've been out there, it's a thriving, vibrant area which could support another baseball team. They can definitely support the San Jose Apes if they move down there. But due to some odd historic, odd deal that occurred about 25 years ago, the Giants control that territory. And the Giants don't want to relinquish it because it definitely helps them. You know, they, they get a lot of fans from that area. So baseball has been trying for a very long time to cut a deal with the Giants and say, you know, what, what amount of money can we give you to let the A's move to San Jose? Right. And the Giants are saying no amount of money. We, we just don't want them to move there. So I think what's going to happen, I think once Seelig retires, which will be about a year from now, I think that thing will really come to a head. And I think eventually the A's will move to San Jose. Can can anything be worked out with the city of Oakland? I just think, I don't know if you've heard yeah, yeah. It's a, just a dead town. I mean, it's just, it's terrible. You know, it's, it's, it's economically, they just don't have population to support a baseball team. Was they had a similar deal for the Washington Nationals versus the Baltimore Orioles? No, it was a little different because the Orioles technically did not control Washington, okay. D.C. Okay. Uh, so the deal was made there was essentially to appease the Orioles' owner, but at the end of the day, they could have railroaded the Orioles' owner. They cannot railroad the Giants. The Giants own, right. own this territory. How did the Tampa Rays survive? That's a tougher one. Uh, possibly by moving to Orlando. Yeah. I think if you know the Florida population and all, I, I think a team would do better there. Just because of where people with money live in Florida, new stadium like the Marlins got. New stadium would help. Just the, I don't know if you've been to St. Petersburg, Florida. It's a tiny town. Right. Just the culture there. The people who live in the Tampa area have money. They don't want to drive over that bridge, it's the Franklin Bridge. Yeah. Uh, so that's why they draw some the uh, Yeah, well, that's something the Yankees and Mets would. would right. Uh, right. Yankees right. and Mets don't want any part of the third team. No, they don't. Probably, they, don't they don't even want a Triple A team. Right. That's why they have a short season. Right. Hey, how you doing? Um, one thing that troubles me in the steroid era and today is I feel like the commission, the commissioner's office wasn't doing their job. I feel like they were looking the other way. And I really appreciate your logic about they weren't punished then and how can you go back. But at the same time, a culture was created where it was acceptable to do this. And it's actually very harmful to do to your body, to your own body. And for young guys, especially coming from other countries where, you know, this is your shop, you know, uh, 
you're, you're, you're taking, a, taking a shot on your own body that later in life, I don't know if you've ever been around people who are in their 50s and 60s who've done steroids, it, 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 it really takes a toll on your body. Uh, so just in terms of, you know, how do you, how do you, I mean, I think even today, there's, there's still steroid use in baseball, and I appreciate your logic, but at the same time, how do you balance promoting a culture? I mean, you have a son, you know, you don't want to promote a culture where these guys are, you know, these guys are okay, but these guys aren't, you know what I mean? And, 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 and basically create a culture which ultimately I think hurts the game, it hurts the fans, and it hurts people. It hurts the people doing it. Yeah, I mean, because of my stance, I, I'm, I'm not prone to exaggeration. I wasn't raised that way. Uh, but I, I, I would say I'm not exaggerating. At least 100 people have said to me, you must not be a father because no father could possibly have your stance mm-hmm. voting these guys in. And I said, well, no, I am a father, but I think it's, it's a sophisticated discussion. I think... I yeah, no, I'm, I'm just in terms of the future of, of the game. You know, the present situation and the future... I just was curious if you thought about how your decision to vote for these guys impacts the future culture of the game. Well, I'm in the minority for this on this position, so I don't think I'm having much of an impact at all. No, but it, it's still it's still a you know you know what I mean. I, I or just I was curious about your feelings about you know basically the idea of you know they were looking the other way. Right. This, and this is hurting the game, and it's still hurting the game. How do you feel about that? I, I, I'm, I guess I challenge you on that. I'm, I'm not sure how much it really did or has or will hurt the game. I mean, if you're talking about pure attendance figures, uh, revenue, TV ratings, I, I think it's pretty difficult to say there's been any real impact <clears throat> from the start, any negative impact from on the story. No, no, I understand. Yeah, yeah. no, I know what you're talking about. But yeah. I'm talking about maybe. So an aspect that you can't see. So maybe it's somewhat intangible, but I'll, I'll yeah. let it go. No, I appreciate, I appreciate what you're saying. I appreciate you sharing. And look, they have, I, I think they are trying. I think, you know, the, what's going on now with A-Rod, which I've been, I've been covering every step of that, <coughs> uh, I think that's a good thing. I think that they've tried to get bust guys, even the guys who beat the test. They're trying to get them. And I think that's good. You were talking about they're going to statistics and numbers and cold numbers away. Isn't baseball more than numbers? And I'm going back to an argument that a long-standing argument I had with a friend of mine, even though it's courts adopted by error. But why didn't Phil Rizzuto get in the World Series at the uh, Cooperstown as a player, but Pee Reeves did? Pee Reeves wasn't in as many World Series games. Pee Reeves didn't have the same numbers. Pee Reeves didn't have a lot of things. But what Pee Reeves had, which is more than numbers, is character. And what he did for the game, what he did for his team, and he stood up. I mean, he was the person who put his arm around Robinson, and he was a Southerner, and he had a Southern family, and he stood there and took the gaff with him. Probably even worse stuff. And I think, and it does fit into what you're saying, because character <coughs> and the team for the team, for the good of the team, for the good of the game, is something that should be factored in. And that's part of steroids, because steroids would be me, 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 numbers, numbers, numbers. Not kids playing the game and doing the right thing and the humanity of the whole thing. Am I right or wrong? I would say, I, I think just more complex than that. I think. Oh, uh, but yeah. I, I'm putting a complexity into it beyond just yeah. numbers. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I mean, we're t- I'm talking about Hall of Fame evaluation. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I, I'm going largely. Well, that's why Peter Reese is in the, in the, in the Right, but, the but just to clarify, he was voted in by the Veterans yeah. Committee, by his former, okay, by his fellow players. But he got in as a player, he, he, he not like... And Phil Rizzuto Phil Rizzuto got, got in as a player also. He only reached one in before. He only reached one in before. One in before, he yeah. In, but he had better numbers. Oh, okay, okay. But I think the real reason they went in was because of the person, because of the character. And I think that numbers alone are not demanding. Can you give us a date, like a BC and AD of steroids... My question comes from like um, McGuire. He wasn't hiding anything when he found that. It was in his locker, rolling around in there. It was like I got a sense it was okay for them to do it. Without, is there a point where he said, "Hey, don't do it anymore," and it's right here? And go beyond this, 
you're in trouble. When is that? Well, from a most technical standpoint, they started testing for drugs with discipline attached in 2004. Okay. That was a product of a new collective bargaining agreement. So that's like a zero? Yeah. Okay. That's what I want to say. I, I don't want to go off topic, but uh, we're all semi-knowledgeable uh, sports fans in this room, and I find it very ironic that uh, guys like Clemens and Bonds and uh, McGuire, etc., uh, you know, are not being permitted to get into the Hall of Fame, yada, 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 and we're having all of these discussions. Yet, in the same context, if you look any, any Sunday afternoon, or Saturday afternoon, if you look at any NFL football game, or any college football game, I mean, if if you, you know, if your vision is, is okay, you know, you see these guys whose necks are out to here, and who have biceps like this, and uh, that's not natural. I mean, there's no way that's natural. We're all human beings. Some of us are even quasi-athletes. I mean, you don't get like that just by going to the weight room. So here, uh, guys like... I think you do if you go to the weight room. I'm sorry. These are young guys. They have tremendous growth potential. They have growth potential. potential. Yeah. yeah. They could go to the gym and work out and get muscles like that. No. I mean, well, I, mean, I, mean, I beg to differ because uh, I mean, this is, you know, no, you, you <laughs> don't get muscles this like that. Work. Yeah, that's not genuine. <laughs> but it's it's ironic that baseball has has come down to this that you know these guys who have magnificent careers, though they may have been helped by uh, artificial <laughs> means. Uh, you know, they're being uh, eliminated from Hall of Fame uh, consideration because of that. And yet, you know, every guy on the field in the NFL, uh, if you got 40 players on a roster, I mean, without getting carried away, I'd say, you know, uh, 38 of them probably took some form of uh, performance-enhancing drugs or steroids. You know. I'm pretty sure the NFL does have... Uh, regulation. They, they, they're, they're starting to put them into effect. They, they but, but I mean, even like last decade, they, there were people who were uh, suspended for a few for some games. Yeah, uh, they they get suspended like four they, games. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think they suspended for four games uh, without uh, certainly you know, being specific. But again, if you have any common sense at all, if you look at these guys, you can go to the gym seven days a week and work out. Six hours a day, seven days a week. You, know, you, don't, like you, don't, you don't look like that. That's all I think. Since, since we're having a conversation, what you mentioned about character, um, that's the, that, it's not black and white with steroids. That's the frustrating part about it, is the fact that somebody like Jason Giambi, who by all accounts is one of the nicer people you'll ever meet in baseball, did steroids. So it's like, it, is it really, it, it, that's my issue with it, is that. At the beginning, and I think we're slowly but surely getting away from that, that we we villainize these people and make them bad, said these are bad human beings when that, that's not necessarily the case. Um, yeah, no, I, to my dad's point, I, I think the reason there's so much more emotion attached to the baseball and steroids is because of the numbers. I mean, 660. Everyone in this room has a special fondness, I would think, for 660. Oh, yeah. And A-Rod, if he somehow plays again, which is about 50-50, uh, he's only six home runs away from tying Willie Mays. And I, that's going to be a huge story, and it's really it's going to weigh heavily on a, on a generation of, of fans. Get some million dollars for that. Six million. Six million dollars, uh, so I think that's why you know, he's right. When a football player is occasionally does fail a drug test and is suspended, it's like, oh, okay. You know, how are they going to deal? There's there's no fist shaking involved and finger pointing. So I think it is different. Uh, just uh, going back to Dennis's point that uh, some of the steroid guys, uh, bonds and climate section, saw their numbers going down this year. Mm-hmm. If you had to look, say, five, seven years down the road, do you think that they're actually going to get in? Uh, on a vote, or that the culture is going to shift enough in their favor to say, you know what, what they did was great, or do you see them being kind of cast aside and left to the Veterans Committee, their peers, to deal with, you know, 12, 15, 16 years down the road? No, I think they'll be cast aside, and I think the Veterans Committee is going to be even more harsh. You know, the players are, are huge critics of the steroids there. So, I, so I, basically, I, if they don't get in on a vote, they're pretty much shot. Then, you know, I, I don't think they're getting it. I think one thing that could change it. Uh, last year, I happened to be watching before, uh, just after they had uh, announced nobody was going to baseball games, that um, Fergie Jenkins called it 
and he said that it's always been this rumor that I think a lot of people here have heard the rumor that there's a member of the Hall of Fame now right. that took steroids. Right. And I think if that ever comes out and there's proof, that's going to change a lot of things. What do you no, think? no, I don't think so. <laughs> I'll bet. They, they, they got them in, so yeah. I, I think it can change it. So while you're prognosticating, what do you think Edward Martinez's chances are kind of the next few years? Is now Frank Thomas uh, I guess Frank could help uh, Edgar, but we're still talking about 521 home runs for Frank, and Edgar has under 400, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think it's going to be hard for Edgar. He's a guy I voted for in the past and would certainly vote for it again. This year I just ran out of space, but I, I think he's got a, a tough road to 75%. There's, supposing there's this list of 100 players who did or did not do steroids. If that list is ever released, what effect will it have on either the Hall of Fame or, or, or on baseball itself? Yeah, I'd be stunned if it was ever released. Uh, it was. Uh, Should it be released? Oh no, God no, no. I mean, these were private employee drug tests, uh, uh, and a few players' uh, privacy rights were violated. There was no discipline attached to these. And uh, the thing is, I think people look to that as one of the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like they, they want to see that. They think that will solve all their problems. But wouldn't, wouldn't that solve no. or answer a lot of questions no, about particular players? No. Because, uh, well, what if Piazza can you let me finish? <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to talk. No, because, uh, because there are still uh, some players uh, who beat the drug test that year who were you know, smart enough to beat the drug test. Uh-huh. So you're never going to get the clarity you're, you're looking for. Do you see anything in the future that would be a major change? For example, the internationalization of baseball, the status of the DH in the National League. Uh, the use of instant replay. Are any of these things do you think uh, going to somewhat change the status of baseball? I'm not sure you mean by the status of baseball. Well, the, the present, the present uh, baseball game that we know. Well, yeah, I think the instant replay is going to be dramatic. I think that's going to dramatically change things. Uh, well, I got to witness a, a no hitter under that, that uh, instant replay mark. No, the no one. Oh no! Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest change. Yeah. How about the international appeal? I mean, Latino ball players, <coughs> ball players. Uh, I don't know, uh, maybe more expansion teams, or maybe not at the major league level, maybe at the minor league level. Um, no, I don't think there's going to be expansion for a while because of no. what you mentioned before with Tampa Bay and Oakland. Yeah. Um, in terms of the internationalization, I think it will continue. I, you know, the World Baseball Classic and, and getting players from more European countries and Obviously, Latino influence is, is very strong. I think that will continue in Japanese players, but I'm not sure that will lead to any sort of massive change. DH in the National League? Uh, maybe when the next commissioner, but I don't think anything's inevitable. Is, is that just simply the commissioner's uh, say? No, it's also, I think many people are content with the status quo. Fair. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to make this little speech uh, until some of these other things came up. As far as character is concerned, in my playing career, semi pro, I had great character. Which is still going on. Uh, <laughs> I had great character, but there was no talent. That, that was the problem. Well, yeah. I had the character. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, discussion about players, and I, gotta, I, gotta, I was going to mention, forget it, but I'm going to mention it. Tim Raines. Tim Raines, now let's do Lou Brock. Lou Brock was great. He deserved every honor being in the Hall of Fame. Tim Raines played more years, higher batting average, more home runs, more runs batted in, and more doubles. His stolen base percentage was higher than Brock's. As a matter of fact, uh, the percentage of, of Tim Raines' uh, steals, the success rate was better than anyone in the history of the major leagues who stole more than 300 bases. So his stats were there. And then Bill Mazeroski came up, who's a wonderful person, and he batted 260 and made the whole thing because of his defense. Now I'm going to give you some stats that I think Ken, you didn't believe. you got, you got to look it up. Well, Ken, I'm sure, look, I'm sure Ken knows the stats. No, he didn't know. He didn't know. i got to tell him. He, he <laughs> you told me over here before. <laughs> Uh, well, then let's ask the question. I'd like, uh, I don't remember if he was on your, your 10. I don't think he was. No, not this year. Reigns? Yeah. No, he's a guy who 
I had voted for every year prior to this year. I just wanted to. Uh, he retired after the 2002 season, so uh, I would four, guess he four, has four another, another, no, he has another, uh, yeah, eight, eight years, I think. Uh, so what I'm saying now, as far as defense is concerned, when Mazeroski came up, uh, Lou Brock made 160 errors in the outfield. Tim Raines made 61. But if you look up the stats, and I was very careful about this, <coughs> Joe DiMaggio, Willie Mays, uh, Mickey Mantle, they all made over 100 errors each in the outfield. So Tim Raines holds the record, the historical record, best fielding average ever for an outfielder. But that doesn't that doesn't say what kind of where the balls were hit to the diner ball, you know. I know, I guess it doesn't tell the temperature outside. It's a hard thing to score. Willie Mays could get to more balls because he was Willie Mays Willie Mays has the most putouts. Most putouts of any outfielder that I was I'm not knocking Willie Mays. I just think that comfortably Tonight you better not knock Willie Mays. Putouts, assists, for all these players you mentioned, they're, they're all comparable. They make thousands of putouts and assists. So Tim Raines holds all of these records and he's not in there. He will be in. I hope so. He will be in. I just don't see any reason why not. I got to let him know this. Besides being with the Zane group, that's part of your job. Sorry? Best oh, best job. part of my job? Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot about what you do that is both subjective and objective. And I think it's incredibly um, intelligent and brave of you to approach your role in this particular enterprise. Who gets in the thing, the way you do. Um, and that it is less hypocritical say than um, writer's name Ken whatever his name ah, um, yeah he kind of boxed himself into a corner he's not voting for anybody that played in the series here and I, I think it's I'm not a parent but I appreciate good parenting and I, I think it's important for your son to understand that there are discussions that have to be, you know, done with civility and um, a very measured and intelligent approach. And your parents too did a great job, by the way. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> obviously, um, but I, I think it's really important for them to understand, for everybody to understand that that your approach, I think, is is the best way. That you you're voting with your heart, but you know, with your brain at the same time, rather than you know, one, you know overshadowing the other to the detriment of your uh, objectivity and I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Good job. Thank you. Uh, I'll just, Gary... Uh, That's funny jobs, Ken. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll get you next. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I love reporting. and I, I think I, I'm, I've successfully sucked the fan out of me. I, I don't think you can be a fan and do the job I do and uh, I, I'm not sure everyone in my position has the same approach, but I, I love like, I love this A-Rod story. I love it. I, I, I just love getting off the field and reading legal documents and talking to attorneys and, and just trying to figure stuff out that way. I love that baseball, because of what it is, it affords me, I get to be a fake expert in law, medicine, and money, and finance, <laughs> you know, in addition to baseball. So that's, that's what I, I love the variety. And the one person you're in awe of, athlete, baseball, that you, you know, see, you said you got the, the fan sucked out of you, but one guy that you came upon that was like, hmm. wow. Um, I'd probably say Jeter. Yeah, I, mean, I um, Jeter, actually, I don't get along that great personally with Jeter, but I admire his focus uh, and his dedication and, and yeah, just his, his, just his, he's got a one-track mind and it's on the right yeah. track. Jonathan? Uh, so he picked, um, on your ballot, you picked <coughs> Bonds and Clemens, and they both took steroids, as people say. But why did you pick Sosa and McGuire if they took steroids and they didn't? No, they both took steroids. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, Mark McGuire, uh, I have voted for in the past, uh, like Reigns and Biggio and Edgar Martinez. I just took him off this year because he didn't make my top ten. Uh, Sammy Sosa... 
uh, and this has generated some some uh, heat for me. I, he was suspended for corking his bat, which is when you try to put illegal stuff in your bat, and he was caught again. If you break the rules, you pay a price. So the term I always use for both for steroids and for that is damaging but not disqualifying. So I would consider voting for Sammy Sosa, but in a crowded field, that does knock him down. And is that what Jordan Brett No, that was called pine tar. It was a little different. That was just to help him grip the bat. Yeah. Yeah. You're teaching your kid the right things. Thank you. Can I ask your son a question? Sure. <laughs> How old are you? Ten. Ten. Uh, if you go, what do you think about the players? Uh, do, you, do you have a favorite team? Yeah. Okay. So if you go to, the, I don't want to ask who we may do. But if you, if you go to a game and you find out one of your one of the guys on your favorite team takes steroids. What would you think? Uh, I probably wouldn't like him anymore because they're just trying to cheat, right? So, from my experience, I I, I, I really respect your opinion. From my experience, most uh, young guys your age seem not to feel that way, and it bothers me. I, I really respect how you feel because I feel the same way when I'm a little older. But uh, I think a lot of young guys don't seem to. It doesn't seem to bother them. You you don't have to um, be objective and subjective about the subject and condone the thing about which you are taking a stance. I don't think you're standing up in favor of steroids by saying that you consider the people who took steroids to be worthy of the Hall of Fame according to your criteria. I don't believe that at all. No, I think you're right. I also think (laughs) that a lot of people in my profession just get they take it very personally. Yes. And I always, when a player uses and steroids, and I, I've gone on shows and I'd say, I don't care if a player uses steroids. It doesn't affect my family. You know, like, yeah, it's like gay marriage. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly like gay marriage. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't understand the, the, the hatred attached to it. You know, like just, if you get caught, serve your time, okay, that's fine. But there's just so much anger surrounding it. Well, like you said, you know, McGuire admitted Sosa got called with court. Does it have anything to do with the general consensus that, with uh, Bonds and Clemens, that they were Hall of Famers, whether or not they took steroids? There are definitely some voters who use that approach. Uh, I'm just not comfortable with that because I don't know precisely when they started. You know, I think I I can guess, but I I don't know for sure. And that's why I just, I really don't like that whole approach because, to me, there's just so much... Uh, question about who used what when that I'm only comfortable using. Okay, here we go. Here's the, the failed test. Here's the suspension. Then I'll use it. But otherwise, I won't use well, it. Well, i got a question for Ken and, and Barry at the same time because you know the rules of the game. I'm against the beards. That's good. But when against this law, there's an ulterior motive. Tell me what you think it is. A ball player with the beard, it could be Brian Wilson, slides into second base. The beard is there. <laughs> <laughs> Contact the beard is the base. Now, doesn't that, it's him, right? You know, if a batter was standing up at bat and the ball touched his beard, technically the beard right. is yeah. present. Or, 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 you know, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Now, what would happen in the case like that? Disqualified beards? <laughs> no, I mean, they, like the Hall of Famers, like you can't. No, like, you're the Hall of Famers, and it's a performance enhancing condition. We'll go back to the House of David team. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this, this is what happens. What's your, what's your uh, feeling on uh, Alex Rodriguez? Huh. Uh, <laughs> is, he, is he being fixed? <laughs> no. No, I, mean, I don't like. I, this is a it's a collectively bargained process, and uh, you know the commissioner's office thinks they have him, and they they leveled this charge, and now he's getting a chance to defend himself. So I, I've had a lot of arguments because I say this is no different than all right. I, I'm going to charge you with uh, you know with, with first degree murder, and you said first degree murder. No, there's no way. You know, you charge everyone else with uh, with second degree. 
Like, well, here, you have your chance to defend yourself. You have your own attorneys. You can cross-examine the witnesses. So I don't think he's... I, I do think Major League Baseball personally despises him, <laughs> Bud Selig and his deputies. I think they hate his guts, and it, it does get personal, but I don't see how he's being picked on when he has the right to defend himself. Do you have a prediction? Yeah, I've been saying either 150 or 162. For just for the number, the whole season. I'm sorry. They'll settle on that. Oh no, I don't think they'll settle. But I think there's this independent arbitrator who will knock it down. If you go into the following season, he's through as a player. Yeah. Might as well ban him for life. Yeah. Ken, one of my favorite things are uh, the major league trading deadline and rumors. How do you get? Who are your sources? <laughs> because no, because most of the teams are supposed to be tight-lipped. Somebody's got to be, you know, ten David off reports. You know that the Giants are after this guy. How does this all happen? I mean, it takes time to develop your contacts. Uh, some people work for teams. Some agents. It's uh, really a variety of people. But, uh, if I told you who they were, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> I'm not saying to you, that, you know, the Giants are looking to, yeah. to get to acquire this guy. Yeah, I mean, some, you know, I have, I know people on every team at this point, um, and I, have, you know, I obviously can't divulge specifically right. who my sources are, but you know, that's the whole idea: is you get people you trust, and they, hopefully, they trust you to to protect them. Right, and that's how it. That's happens. great. Uh, are you in a paper tomorrow? Yes. Okay, I, I read the Times a lot, but I will provide a post. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, I get both at home. I like them. Do you read other other uh, writers? Yeah. What they say. Um, yeah. Honestly, now with the way uh, I used to wake up every morning in a panic when I was younger because you, I would worry about getting beat by my competition and getting yelled at by my boss. And I'm not like Raymond or anybody. Uh, everybody is what Raymond. He works for. Newsday. Yeah, I remember he worked for Newsday. Like, yeah, and Raymond really didn't see. He didn't have as much stress in his life. He does. He's, he's, he's supposed life. to be a bright. You got to be a bright guy to do what you do, right? And he's always getting in trouble with everybody. Yeah, I mean Raymond was a role model for the times. Though I tell people they don't like me reading it because of the politics. I don't know. But um, I'm telling them that the best outside of Sports Illustrated is probably the best sports section. I think the time. But yeah, I like they get into humanity, the humanistic yeah. part of people. Maybe I'll read you from now on. Maybe. <laughs> 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 my attitude. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for miles. <laughs> so, yeah. So, as someone who was kind of an established writer before social media and as someone who's kind of acted in social media since that, do you think that's ultimately helped or hurt your profession? Or do you kind of wish it was the way it was? Or? No, it's the, I think it's helped. You know, I think it just increased the visibility. I think any time there can be more direct access to, to your customer base, I think that's a good thing. And I, uh, I just, I like to, to clash with people. I'm, I, you know, I'll, I'll call people <laughs> out. You know, I'll, I'll have Twitter arguments, uh, and sometimes I'll say, "What am I doing here?" But uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> from a journalistic standpoint, yeah. Do you, do you guys jump the gun just to get the Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I, that is, it's a big danger because it's just so easy for Twitter, for those of you familiar with It's just so easy to just write on my iPhone and tweet it, and all of a sudden, oh, I shouldn't have tweeted that. Yeah, there is a big risk in that, definitely. Do you have a question? What's the future of print sports journalism? Yeah, I mean, I was talking, talking to someone about that recently. I, I think, like, crisis is now our normalcy. You know, it, it, we've been in crisis for such a long time. And I, I graduated college in 1993, and I would say, you know, I, if I had known then what I know now, maybe I would have gone in a different direction because there's, it's constant peril. Uh, but you know, I think what I do for a living will continue to, you know, carry me through, even if it's for a website or a TV network. Right, and not necessarily print. Right, print uh, Your five favorite ball players. Just to watch or to talk to or all time, your five favorite ball players. Not necessarily the best, the ones that you like the most or admire the most. Uh wow, that's a tough one. Uh I'll say Mattingly. Um gosh. That's a really hard question. Uh you know what? I just I I mean I because I I was definitely a Yankees fan in the seventies and eighties, and I joined the, joined the Mets bandwagon in the eighties. But I just I don't really view things that way anymore. Okay. Uh, you know, in terms of two favorite people to cover uh, professionally, uh, I love uh, Hideki Matsui, tremendous guy. Uh, I love that Alfonso Soriano is back with the Yankees. I think he's a terrific guy. 
Yeah, yeah I, mean, he's, no, I don't love him, but I, I, <laughs> I respect him. I respect him, yes. Uh, uh, David Cohn, great guy to cover, tremendous guy. Um, who else would be? Uh, my, I really liked Mike Messina. He was, you know, he thought he was smarter than everyone in the room, and he was only, <coughs> only about half right. Uh, uh, but I like talking to him. Um, those are some of my favorites. I know you had mentioned that you enjoy covering the A Rod story. Um, they wanted to bring Schneider, excuse me, and some other executives in to cross examine right. and they got shut down. Do you think that was a good move, bad move to <coughs> not testify? For Major League Baseball, <coughs> I think it was a good move to not testify because Bud Sealy is, uh, you know, he's, I don't know, the product of the age, he's 79, he, he can be a little wordy, and obviously when you have a setting like that, you want to control your, your side of the case as much as possible. I thought that was a very good legal strategy. By Major League Baseball, and they they prevailed again. They won in a, a collectively bargained set. Did, did in your uh, in your mind raise any questions like, well, maybe they're not, maybe they don't have what they say they have, and, and things like that? Or I think the only because I think it's, it's natural for someone to say, well, if he didn't testify, then obviously he knows you know, he's he's hiding. Well, I think you do that more like in in A Rod's case, he wouldn't testify on his own behalf. Then you raise those questions. But this was the defense calling up a you know a, a hostile witness. Right. So I think it was just legal strategy by MLB. They they really had nothing to gain by putting them out there. Yeah, but okay. Speaking as an attorney, how can you defend yourself if the main point of your case is hostility, irrational, improper hostility on the other side, mm-hmm. and the only way you can establish it is by calling that witness, and you're not allowed to get. To well, what the independent arbitrator determined was that there were other ways for them to establish that. They got to cross-examine the, the COO of Major League Baseball, who was the representative of the commissioner. It's a collectively bargained process. The, the union signed off on this. So, the independent arbitrator. We have time for do our podcast. With our podcast time constraint, we have time for one last question. Let alone as generous as Ken has been with his time. Is there anyone who has not asked a question who would like to? <laughs> All right. I'm going to get in trouble now because I get to call on one person and there's three hands up. So, Ken, you get to call on someone. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, back. Yeah, I, I want to know your opinion of uh, Bill James and his abstracts. Yeah. He does a lot of biographies on all these plays by position from all different eras. Really? Some mm-hmm. of them, do you like that? Have you read that? Or are you hate it? Well, which which specifically? Oh, you talking about the, the annual abstract? Yeah, well, the big thick ones. Yeah, I mean, I used to read those when I was a kid, um, and I actually just now when we were on vacation, I was reading. Uh, he came up with a big book in two thousand one or two thousand historical abstract. I've been, it's uh, got a catcher on the cover. It's, I don't know. Maybe Walker or somebody. You might be right. right. Uh, Did you like them? You, I you, love them. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Sorry, my question. <laughs> All right, so we're going to have to end the podcast here. Uh, once again, I really appreciate uh, Kim Davidoff. Please thank him for tonight.